We've got an interview coming up that's going to help you out during the holidays. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Normally, we bring you the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions about what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Today, we're kind of in holiday mode, so instead of that, we're going to have an interview. Editor-in-Chief Shay Van Hoy, as well as special guest Randy Densford are joining us. Randy Densford is the beverage director at Barn 8 Farm Restaurant at Hermitage Farm. That's in Oldham County, and uh, they're going to talk about a few things holiday-related. Uh, holiday, uh, so I'm going to turn it over to the interview, and I'll be back after that. Thank you for joining us, Shay and Randy. Welcome to the Access Louisville Executive Interview. Today we're joined by Randy Densford, Beverage Director at Barney Restaurant and Bourbon Bar at Hermitage Farm. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, so you've been in the game for a while. Uh, can you set the stage for our listeners? How did you get into the, the career and the job that you have? And, you know, you've been at Barnate for a few years now. So what's your, your career trajectory and how you how you landed at Barnate? Absolutely. Um, I actually got started in fine dining restaurants working in the kitchen. Um, so I went to culinary school and initially worked in kitchens. And as soon as I turned 21, I was excited to move to front of house. And as soon as I did, I fell in love with the world of spirits. So I transitioned um, into a bartender role. Um, eventually, I went to Bartstown Bourbon Company and became a uh, ambassador and a spirits educator. Um, and then from there, I learned about Barney opening um, out in Goshen, Kentucky. So I've been here for four years now, um, and I am currently the beverage director. Um, so we are focusing on like a sustainable and seasonal cocktail menu. Right. Awesome. I was just out there in October, my mom's 80th birthday. I took her out there. And so we had a great meal and some drinks and oh, had a lot of fun. So, yeah. I've uh, been out there a couple of times. So, um, well, we're coming up on the holidays. This will air uh, before uh, uh, or right around Christmas, uh, before the new year. Uh, so what are what are holidays like at Barnate? You've been there for a few holidays. Anything special in store for guests or highlights on your current drink menu that people can check out? Absolutely. Um Holidays are very busy at Barnate. We have a lot of fun things going on. So starting from around October, we do a holiday market, which uh, showcases local artists and craftsmen. Um, moving more into winter, we have um, a holiday tea service that happens at our main house. Um, and then we do special events with um, local chefs to do um, like tasting menus and champagne dinners. And um, you can find very seasonal um, drinks featuring ingredients that we um, are growing here on the farm in the winter or things that we preserved from the summer um, like to showcase those on the bar menu as well. Right. And that's a good segue into, you know, you're known out there for, uh, you know, if you haven't looked up where Barnate is, it's uh, it's out in Oldham County, um, but you're known for your fresh ingredients grown on the farm, a farm to table approach. Um, how does that allow you as the beverage director to experiment with your cocktail program and to follow up? What, what are some of the, um, some of the ingredients you're currently using? That yeah. you, you kind of highlighted. Um, so 
working on the farm not only allows me to work with the ingredients, but also um, we have an extremely talented team of horticultures and um, our kitchen staff. We all kind of collaborate together. So um, all of the food menu and the beverage menu are kind of like a beautiful harmony of all of us working together to find um, what best grows here on the farm and also what things we can use in the bar program that would otherwise be waste in the kitchen. So that's really our focus about like um, growing only as much as we need and um, the kitchen using things and then the bar using anything that would otherwise be discarded just to fully um, utilize all ingredients. Right, right. And are there some specific ingredients that like are in you're using in several cocktails now or for the winter or like you said, you've you've saved some from the summer um, that are, are you kind of leaned on a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. There's um, we always have bay like we make fresh stock at the restaurant and we grow our um, bay leaves here. So um, whenever we harvest the bay leaf, we actually pull the whole plant up and I'm using the bark and the stems and anything other than the leaves into a tincture. So that will go into, say, like a martini or a fun riff on an old fashioned. Um, but things like that, things that you w wouldn't expect, like um, like stems and leaves of herbs and things that would be beautiful garnishes for dishes. I'm actually using any of those to make tinctures and then those um, really elevate and add complexity to cocktails. So something really fun that we do at Barney around October is we have a huge um, pumpkin sculpture and it has hundreds and hundreds of pumpkins. Um, mm -hmm. But after those, um, or after we're kind of transitioning into more holiday decorations like wreaths and um, pine trees and things, we actually use all of the pumpkins in the kitchen and also in the bar program. So right now um, we've got a really fun um, pumpkin spice cocktail that is using like five spice and coconut. It's not your like super traditional, but it's really cool. fun to see like something actually be a decoration, something be beautiful. And then also <laughs> we're using it in cocktails and, and um, the uh, food menu as well. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, and looking forward as we're about to turn the calendar, um, celebrate New Year's Eve, L moving into 2024, um, we, we usually do a, um, we usually do a roundup with uh, the local company Flavor Man about what beverage flavors they're working on for the next year. But as far as you, what what um, what do you expect to see in cocktail trends? What spirits or um, flavors are hot for 2024? Um, and how might you parlay that into you know what you're what as you're thinking about your drink menu for you know spring or summer? Um, you know what sort of cocktails are you thinking about? Uh, trends that I've definitely seen moving into 2024 are um, a world of non-alcoholic spirits and beverages. Um, there's lots of delicious um, canned non-alcoholic cocktails already on the market, but I love to just use some of the spirits that are non-alcoholic and to create my own uh, program that has um, options for every kind of drinker. So I think that's going to be really huge in 2024, as well as health benefiting ingredients, such as like adaptogens or CBD or things that aren't just going to taste good and look good, but are actually beneficial for your body. I think a lot more people in 2024 will be um, health conscious about um, just ingredients that are they're putting into um, their cocktails. And then as far as Barnett's menu, I'm not much of a planner. It's kind of <laughs> uh, just based on like what ingredients are available or um, a collaboration with the kitchen and things. So, um, I kind of just like go, go with the flow and, and let the menus come, come to me. Um, yeah. so I, I'm going to say Barnett's menu for next year is going to be a surprise because we're just, uh, working with what we have here. Great. And on any, um, on any seasonal menu, like how many signature drinks do you usually have? 
like per menu, like six, uh, eight? Or... Yeah, we do uh, 10 to 12 actually. Okay. And, um, that doesn't include non-alcoholic. So we typically have like a house-made soda. Um, so that's like using fun syrups and um, beverages from here that are completely non-alcoholic. And then we'll have a couple other non-alcoholic cocktails. So I would say like around 14 to 15 total drinks on the menu. Oh. Okay, They're all awesome. originals. Yeah. You're busy. Yeah. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Busy. So, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, yeah, exactly. What, um, so if, you know, our listeners, uh, for our weekly podcast, someone's out there and is, you know, thinking about, wow, I'd like to make a career out of this. Um, you know, what advice would you give to someone who wants to, to be, um, you know, a high level bartender, a beverage director, uh, you know, a, a bar manager, GM, that type of thing. Um, you kind of following your career, what, what sort of advice would you have for someone who's looking to do that? Absolutely. I would say, um, finding a bar or mentor that has similar passions to what you're interested in. There's so many diverse um, types of bars out there, whether it's like scotch or mezcal or tequila or a wine bar or a Maro bar. So I would find a passion maybe and start there. And I would say just dive in head first. And um, I think getting your hands in there and just um, learning as you go is the best way. I think you can read a million books, but once you actually dive in there and taste ingredients and learn how to work with things and work with someone that's a great mentor, I think it really um, projects your future. And mm -hmm. another piece of advice is just to stay curious, like always want to learn from people and want to learn about spirits because there's so many new things on the market like every day. So I think staying curious and having a desire to learn all the time is really important. Cool. Um, well, we're going to move on to the lightning round. I've got a few quick questions here for you, a little, little bit more personality based. Um, so outside of Barn 8, when you're not at work, um, what are a couple of your go to spots in Greater Louisville for cocktails uh, and or for food? Um, yeah. where, where, where do you like to take friends and stuff like that? Um, I currently am super obsessed with Enzo, which is a new restaurant that opened on Frankfurt Avenue. Um, I love that they stay open late. So that's always a nice spot if I want to grab a drink before going home. Um, their cocktail menu is beautiful, delicious, um, fresh ingredients using really cool sakes and um, different spirits. I would say that um, as far as like where I go around town, I kind of go for specific things. So like if I'm really in the mood for a funky glass of wine, I'll go to Canary Club and grab a bite to eat. Mm -hmm. It's a fun little spot. Um, if I'm looking for, I think Epiphany does something that's like similar to my program. So I'm always curious about like which ingredients they're getting from the farmer's market and how they're using it. And then I love a good dive bar. So if I just like, sometimes I want to have a cocktail, but I don't really want to think about it too hard. So I love the Meriwether for that. They make delicious, fun cocktails. And um, yeah, and they have like Amaro shots on draft, which is <laughs> something I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some of my favorites. All great spots. Yeah, I um, yeah, when I the first before I went to Epiphany for the first time, I had just this weird like not Epiphany, but I had this I was, weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I almost said it. I had this. I just had this notion that it was going to be sort of stuck up and like I don't know, like um, like too hipster or something. And sure. and I live in the Highlands, so like let's sit the base. Like I'm you know in in a fairly hipster area. I used to live in Germantown, but. And it was just, everyone was so nice and it was so like warm and welcoming. And I really just, I'm glad I went in and totally just blew that perception or what I thought it might be out of the water. Um, so it's really, really cool place. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, having been out to Barnate and seeing, you know, you guys do bourbon tastings, you do tours, and there's many things going out at Hermitage Farm itself. Um, you know, I just was hoping to get a scope from you of 
just the level of bourbon tourism you see coming through where are these where are people coming from how many you know you know if you could say a percentage of your your you know your guests what percentage are from are not from Louisville um and and what part does bourbon bring to that attraction uh, out there at Hermitage Farm so yeah the bourbon trail is definitely helpful for the bourbon tourism we definitely see about like 40 to 50 percent of people are from out of town um and we also have like a Derby Museum um, tour that's like encapsulated into our tour program. So that is kind of a great way to show the connection to um, Louisville. And then a lot of people from Goshen and um, Prospects are our regulars, obviously, because yeah. um, they live so close. But I would love to see more Louisville people out here. Yeah, it's an awesome, really pretty drive. Also. I love the drive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is, uh, switching gears again, what's one piece of bar equipment or something that's at your disposal that you can't live without uh, in your job? Say, yeah, I would say my bell jigger is like something I'm attached to. <laughs> and, and my wine key. I use my wine key like a pocket knife and like I use it for everything. So I would say I'm very specific about wine keys. It doesn't have to be fancy. Like I'm not talking anything crazy, but just a really good wine key can be very versatile. And then I'm a pretty precise person. So I think that like using, I'm not like really much of a free pour. So I would say that like using um, a measurement, my bell jigger um, is essential to me. Great, great. Um, so what is, uh, you can answer this either way or both. Uh, what's the craziest thing you've ever done or something that most people that know you wouldn't know about you? Well, I don't know if I can publicly say the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever done, <laughs> but uh, something that people might not know about me is that as soon as I graduated college, I moved to Europe. So I think that really um, broadened my horizons and kind of just like gave me a new perspective on life about um the world that's out there, like the diversity of cultures and flavors. And I feel like that's really where my passion kind of got started. And it's kind of also where I feed my passion. So a lot of times I think travel is like essential for just like, if you're ever in a rut or feeling creatively down or stuck, um, I think getting out of your box, like removing yourself from your comfort zone can really do a lot for you. Absolutely. Um, travel is key. And one thing I really like about Louisville, too, is we seem to really increasingly have a bunch of fusion, you know, fusion spots going on. We just wrote about uh, Michael Jones, our restaurant reporter, just wrote about a, um, a a taco place that went in in Preston Highway where New New Wave Burritos was that um, it's it's a it's an Indian and Mexican fusion. So they're like have chicken tiki, tiki masala tacos with pico on them. Um, and Michael went out there and said it was like amazing. So looking forward to trying that spot. And I think these world tra like are the folks here that that do food that have traveled the world bring those, you know, bring that influence back into our food and drink scene. So um, one final one, I didn't put on some questions I sent you, but is there um, a podcast or an album or a book that you're currently into right now? What What's taken up your sort of uh, your pop culture time, if, if anything? Yes. Um, a podcast that I really love is called Unladylike. Um, very fun. I also like very spooky things. So Other World is another podcast I'm very into. Um, as far as books, I'm actually reading one called uh, Burnout. It is um, really great for just like a, a fresh perspective on um, how to get through burnout, how to work through it, and how to change your mindset a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you said show was the third? 
yeah, show or or mm-hmm. or music uh, artist or album or I say album because I'm like, you know, I still listen like I have to consume in a full album for me more. So. So, um, yeah, yeah. Anything. Anything else? Um, uh, an artist that I'm really into. Right now is, I feel like it's really awesome. Just like house music to zone out to. So who was it? Cool. You, you cut Leisure. out on the base. Leisure. Yes. Okay, got it, got it, cool. I didn't want anyone who might want to check them out to to miss that. So, awesome. um, well, uh, Randy, that's all all the time we have today. Uh, I wanted to thank uh, Randy Dinsford uh, from Barn 8 for joining us on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks so much for your time. You can check them out on their website or uh, drive out to Goshen and see the beautiful landscape and and enjoy their food and drinks. It's really a, it's really a cool experience more than just a meal. So, Randy, thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Shay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Like I said, short show this week. We are a lot of people on holiday break, so we figured the interview would be a good uh, good one to put in there. Um, if you like what you heard, uh, be sure to follow this podcast on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and elsewhere. Thank you very much, Shay. Thank you, Randy Densford. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. Bye.